0: The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all. At TNTradio.live. Dean Mackin. Dean Mackin. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's news talk, TNT Radio.
1: And welcome to the program. Hope you're having a terrific day. It's gonna be massive here today. Now, whether you're here in Australia and you would have a vested interest in anything that happens to Julian Assange, and you could argue that for anybody around the world, but because he's one of our own, we feel that I'm guessing a little bit more Than some others. I don't know if that's even fair to say, but he's one of ours, and we're deeply concerned about what's going to be happening uh, over in the UK today. Of course, we'll be following that all day uh, and we'll be uh, crossing live. So stick around. Do not, absolutely, do not tune out today. And for those of you who are just listening and who have not yet taken advantage of our video format, I would absolutely suggest. You get onto Rumble, YouTube or somewhere and uh, take a look, be tuned in all day. We're going to be keeping you up to date. Of course, it's going to be a big thing because it's happening in the UK. And of course, in America, because they apparently are the ones who have all their their petty little little piss ant, you know, puppets in the woodwork and they don't like the truth getting out there. This is all about you learning of the truth. Now you've already learned, too late, that ship has sailed. But they want to set a precedent. They want to show how badly, of course, they will punish somebody who does that. And, of course, uh, they just set uh, other precedents by locking others up or decades, and just absolutely ridiculous and disproportionate uh, kind of sentencing. But what has been done, and some would argue, where it comes to Julian Assange, he has more than done his time, whether that be self-imposed or where he currently finds himself locked up. But just that time that he spent in the Ecuadorian embassy—that was way more time than he ever should have served. And what did he do? He told the truth. Somehow you would think if you were new to this world, if you were a visiting alien, if you were a child who was growing up in this world, you would learn quickly that if you tell the truth, if you advocate for what's right, you'll be punished. Apparently that's the lesson to be learned. Well, I would suggest that the lesson to be learned is to fight back against tyranny And we're doing that right here at TNT, and we'll be keeping you abreast of that situation. Today, Gemma Cooper will be joining us imminently as well. Craig Kelly, one of my guests today, and absolutely massive. Uh, Looking forward to talking to Kim Staten. Kim Staten is, of course, the Australian filmmaker behind The Trust Fall, for Julian Assange. I got a sneak preview of it. I got a special uh, link to watch the documentary. And wow, not only is it magnificently uh, created. It's in chronological order. It does everything from point A to point B. And I heard this voice, this female voice, one of the uh, several narrators in this particular video, and I knew the voice. I go, that's Susan Sarandon. And I get, went onto IMDb, and IMDb had very little information about it. How you could not have much information on the internet movie databases beyond me. And it wasn't until I googled further to confirm that was indeed Susan Sarandon, uh, an absolutely wonderful person and one of the few in Hollywood that is has the guts to speak out. Now, whether it be, you know, Mel Gibson, uh, you know, producing and putting some money aside for a movie like The Sound of Freedom, or whether it be uh, Australian filmmaker Kim Staten, you know, going out of his way, really going out on a limb and putting himself at risk. I mean, they will come after. People in as many ways as they possibly can for whatever reason. They can't find a reason. They'll typically find one to come after you if you uh, do the right thing, help somebody do the right thing. Or of course, if you shed light on the truth and allow others to tell their truth, or as Tucker Carlson did, you know, he went over, he interviewed Vladimir Putin, the man who's been interviewed plenty of times before when apparently he was playing ball with the West. Now that he's doing what's right. For the Russian people, uh, he's got to combat the West. And, of course, they don't want you to realise he's a very intelligent and uh, a very level-headed individual who doesn't want war. It is us. It is the West. And when I say us, I don't mean us, the people, certainly those who have infiltrated our government, our media, who push for war, part of the industrial-military complex. It's all about control. It's all about money. And they want everything you've got. And your kids, your grandkids will have nothing. It is their ultimate goal. And they're, they're doing pretty well. If, if I have a look, if I read the numbers, right, because we haven't pushed back nearly hard enough, and a lot of people still, the bulk of people not realising that there's something to push back against. That is frightening. A perfect um, uh, example of that might be Suncorp. Now, there was Suncorp up for sale for a mere $5 billion. Wow. I mean, Australia would have spent that on masks. Masks, something that didn't work, you didn't need. But uh, they don't have any money um, for a people's bank. And we've got a super fund. We've got a future fund that we could have used to buy Suncorp, right? And this is the best part. We could have made it a people's bank. We could have had like the Commonwealth Bank used to be. Could have been our money, them advocating for us, you know, little, zero, possible uh, fees. That would have been absolutely wonderful. Lower interest rates because these banks, they're all working together. They're all ultimately owned in part or in a fair bit of in part by overseas, bigger banks and bigger financial interests and most of that money that they made. And it was 35 billion last year, by the way. And they're all acting together that money going overseas But Senator Malcolm Roberts has been advocating that that should have been a people's bank. I 100% Wholeheartedly concur, a man that really does has your best interest at heart. And one nation doing very well uh, up in Queensland. For those of you up in Queensland with your upcoming state election, I can't imagine you'd vote for anybody else because they are doing a terrific job. And it's not just me saying so. We've even got you know UAP national director Craig Kelly advocating for you know an opposing party, if you will. Even though we are ships sailing in the same direction, and absolutely always advocating for people such as Senator Malcolm Roberts when someone does a good job when they. Do the right thing. He's the first one to put his hand up and give him a political high five. And um, yeah, so a big day, massive day, as we cross to the to to the courts of London. We'll be covering the Julian Assange uh, thing today. So stick around; it's going to be absolutely massive all day. Do not switch away. And I'll tell you a lot more about that as we go. Now, if you love a good documentary, you'll love our screenings and you'll get them uninterrupted. Now, it's uninterrupted cinema. It features some of the latest and most notable documentaries from the world's best filmmakers. All you have to do is check out TNT's website for more information. Weekends are better when you spend it with us here at today's News Talk TNT. Keeping the commitment
0: 24-7. I've been in the car all day, and I got to listen. Can't get enough of it. You guys are doing a great job. Today's News Talk Radio TNT.
1: And we cross to Gemma Cooper, a big day. Over there for you lot over in the UK.
2: Well, I mean, it's a big day for press freedom, uh, freedom of speech. Uh, you know, what is right, what is wrong, standing up for what you believe in. I mean, take your pick from any of those myriad of themes that's going to come out of this hearing, this Julian Assange hearing, to find out whether he can appeal against the extradition decision. I think it's from 7 p.m. your time tonight. Uh, we will be live uh, from the High, just round near the High Court, the Royal Courts of Justice in London. Uh, many, many members of the UK TNT team broadcasting live from London. Uh, it's a momentous day. Uh, Amnesty, Amnesty International will be there. I think they might even be um, pre- presenting some kind of evidence, although it's not a trial; uh, it's a hearing. Um, but a hearing is to hear why he should have his, uh, you know, extradition uh, proposals uh, uh, scrapped or have the right to appeal against them. So, yeah, for standing up for what you believe in. I mean, I think a lot of people over the last four years can really identify. With with his actions, I mean, I think I was just talking with uh, with another broadcaster on TNT yesterday, one of the UK broadcasters on another show, and I said, you know, if I met Julian myself, I'd say to him, you you know, what you did was amazing and it was historic, and you revealed the war crimes and everything you did. You did the right thing, but if you had your time again, given the price you're now paying, would you have done it? You know, because he's still a human being. He is still a human being and he has paid an ultimately very high price. His mental health is at risk now. His lawyer has said uh, there are concerns for his health and safety, if his own personal health and safety to himself. If this hearing goes the way we don't want it to go, Um, you know, there is a price to pay for doing the right thing. As many people know, many people over the last four years have lost jobs, careers, relationships for sticking to their principles and and doing the right thing. So it, it comes at a cost, Dean, sometimes I think it does come at a cost.
1: It does. And if you're asking that question, I would imagine he would do it all again. He had plenty of opportunities, according to that documentary, uh, The Trust Fall, to throw others under the proverbial bus to get himself either a lighter sentence or get himself off the hook. He didn't do that. He was a man who stands true to his principles and uh, a man who has advocated for truth and justice and good outcomes. And I would suggest that he'll, he would do it all again. I mean, he's literally sacrificed, I mean, probably the best years, in fact, definitely the best years of his life For this and um again he's just getting a massive following this thing's going to blow up bigger and bigger and bigger let's just hope that there's a terrific outcome you know today or tomorrow
2: absolutely and talking of whistleblowers actually and doing the right thing and coincidentally well one of the strange things is i did this yesterday i i had i did a search you know for the julian assange i thought you know this is press freedom this will be everywhere every outlet in the world will be looking at this case I could hardly find anything on Julian Assange in the mainstream, you had to really go looking for it and it was hidden away if it was covered at all. Most most media outlets, completely mainstream media outlets should I say, are really kind of steadfastly ignoring this story which you find extraordinary because it has implications for everyone you would think in, in journalism if you can call the mainstream journalism anymore. But what I have found this morning is this great story and it is about a whistleblower in a very high profile position here in the UK. Uh, he's coming to the end of his career and he's decided to spill the beans about uh, another risk to our border controls and immigration so it's the independent chief inspector of borders and immigration that's a separate arm of the government it's, it's kind of like work for the government but it's not it's not a government uh, wing uh, they work at airports around the uk and they're saying that the the next threat to um, immigration in this country is the fact that private jets Dean are coming in on on increasing regularity, and they're just not being checked. And because they come under the category of general aviation, they they land in a different part of the airport. Uh, They don't have the same uh, controls as the the rest of the passengers coming in, unless they're actually met by somebody from uh, the border and immigration control. Uh, they just walk in. They walk into our country. They walk in completely free. He's the outgoing boss. He's a former military man, and he said he's spilling the beans because he wants to protect his country. He says the checks are so lax. Um, private jets are coming in it, they, they, from very big hotspot areas, the Middle East and Africa, completely unchecked. He's saying there's the risk of, of gangsters, of human trafficking, obviously illegal immigration and terrorism. Um, this is at the airport he's citing is London City where he has been working, where he says that there are 1,300 private jets coming in last year. Of those 687, more than half, were categorized as high risk, coming in from high risk areas, and only 100 of them were checked. Everybody else on those those jets were just allowed to walk into the UK completely free, no border control, no no escorting through customs, could have had anything in their luggage. Um, That's it, cheers, off you go. Um, And he says as he's leaving his position, he's whistleblowing and he's saying he's had enough. Now, the Home Office are quite embarrassed by this this morning here in the UK. They have said that the data he's chosen to reveal uh, doesn't reflect accurately the difference between high-risk and low-risk flights. He's saying it doesn't matter, these flights are coming in and they're not being checked. It's like a very sophisticated... Um, a, a more expensive version of small boats coming in across the channel, private jets coming in in the sky. It's the same principle, um, but they, at least when they're coming off the channel, they're being met. Uh, here. They're just flying in, uh, getting off the plane and walking into the UK without any uh, checks and balances. So his name is David Neal. He is the independent chief inspector of borders and immigration. He says he's gone public today because he can't stand to see what's happening to this country. And he says it's in the public interest that he does this. The government quite rightly, I think, are saying, well, oh, it's not quite what it seems. No, no, no. Uh, you know, It's not really that kind of story. The wrong data, wrong data. And he's saying, no, these jets are not being checked.
1: Yeah, I'd love to say I'm surprised it doesn't surprise me at all. I would guarantee that those in the halls of power absolutely know that they have these these big, wide open gaps in the fence, if you will, um, and people will take advantage of it. I guarantee they know, not to mention, you know, other kind of biological hazards and bringing in all sorts of unwelcome uh, parasites and diseases and God knows what else into the country, bypassing all the regular checks. So, I mean, that potentially a massive health hazard uh, to the entire country.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about the stringent checks that you and I have to go through when we fly on, on normal scheduled flights or charter flights. You know, it's, it's it's horrendous, isn't it? All the checks you have to go through, take your watch off, everything comes off. Everything's checked. Everything's screened. There's signs everywhere, what you can and can't take on a plane. Um, And, and these people are coming in. I mean, I think it's a classic uh, kind of uh, example of money talks, you know, because wealth confers status in every aspect of the world. If you've got money, you must be a good person. So that's, that's just our ingrained program programming. Money makes you a good person. It doesn't matter about the ca- content of your character. You've got money, you're fine. So these private jets, they come in and by some kind of subconscious programming, it's like, oh, well, they're private jets. They pe- they're people with loads of money. Yeah, but they might have loads of money because they're gang- gangsters or drug lords or running human trafficking rings. You know, We don't know where the money's come from, but it, it's that kind of weird disconnect between how somebody appears in the world with flash and status. It confers that they're okay. Whereas you come over on a, on a boat in the channel, you've got no money. You, you're somehow the of the earth. Well, it doesn't actually add up like that. You don't know who these people are and they are walking into the UK. As soon as they get off those jets, they're in.
1: Have you got a show? <clears throat> We've got one here, you know, and it's uh Australian customs and border control and just the people and the crap that they bring in with them. And they know Australia is a soft touch, I would assume. The UK is probably similarly weak in that department. And these people, they come from all parts of the world, Asia in particular, just bringing all sorts of nasty things in with them, knowing full well that there will be no kind of uh, consequences or, or very small fines. It's absolutely ludicrous. I'm surprised that we're not far worse off than we find ourselves already.
2: Very possibly, yeah. I mean, we don't really know, do we? Because if the, if the for example, these small jets. I mean, there's you know nearly a one thousand, one and a half thousand at one airport, um, and that's London City. It's not one of the big airports like Heathrow or Gatwick. And it's the I I I live relatively near a small regional airport in the West Country. I see many private jets uh, coming down there because there's a there's a nice little hangar where they, they they do flying school. So the private jets can kind of land in that bit. And you kind of think to yourself, yeah, who's been coming into the West Country with what what produce? What, what 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 items in their luggage? There are literally no checks. And you have to ask yourself, is it just laziness on the part of border control? Is it understaffing? Is, is, it, is, it, is it the thing that they're coming in and they've got money, therefore they're okay? Who knows what? There's not really any definition, uh, definite reason given for this. In the meantime, who knows how long it's been going on? Who knows what's been coming into our country? And it sounds like Australia too, um, because these just border controls, they just haven't been met. Full stop. They haven't been met. So we're talking about whistleblowers today. Julian Assange, you know, with the top end of the tree, you could argue, top of the tree. But this guy, you know, he's outgoing. He could have just gone, taken his pension and kept his mouth shut. But he's revealed another massive loophole in our immigration and border controls. And I would say hats off to him. David Neal, Independent Chief Inspector of Borders and Immigration.
1: If only we had some decent government, I would imagine there would be none of these loopholes of which we speak, but there are plenty. And uh, let's just hope that today is a good outcome. Of course, we're going to be covering that all day uh, over in the UK here at TNT. Gemma Cooper, I thank you for your time. And of course, you'll be joining uh, Sonia Porton, but not at the normal time today, if I'm not mistaken.
2: No, Sonia's a couple of hours' time now. I'm with Rick Munn for the next couple of hours. And then we t- we throw over then to Sonia, who will be live at the High Court in London covering the Julian Assange hearing.
1: It's going to be a big, big day. We've got our fingers crossed all around the globe and uh, we'll keep that information coming live to you here at TNT. Thank you very much, Gemma Cooper. We'll have a, a chat tomorrow. She'll be back then. Thanks. All right, stick around, everybody. We'll be back. We're going to be talking to... Craig Kelly and possibly uh, maybe even a quick uh, chance for you to call in on the talkback number if, uh, yeah, I think you might be running a bit late. So we'll see. Keep your fingers on the dialing button. We might be doing that or we may not. We'll find out right after this.
0: TNT's Timothy Shea. The race is essentially now Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley. Ron disappoints us. we will be pulling his hat from the ring next And the issue, as always, is why is the Nikki taking so much of the left's money? Well, maybe this will give you a little insight. She credits Hillary Clinton, with inspiring her to enter politics, having attended a women's leadership summit, at which Hillary spoke. And Nikki said, and I quote, I then had to decide whether I was a Republican or Democrat. See, Nikki has no core beliefs other than doing whatever her globalist masters, paymasters, want her to say. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT.
3: This is generally the view
0: of people. Oh, we don't know much about Assange. But well, you should know. Because whether you know it or not, he is fighting for you.
2: For your courage and leadership and tenacity in journalism and publishing.
0: Since 2010, Assange has been held in progressively narrower, darker, colder and crueler spaces.
4: He has been detained since the 7th of December 2010 in one form or another.
0: And we are now here after years of imprisonment. WikiLeaks is a non-state hostile intelligence service. I think the man
5: is a high-tech terrorist. A high-tech terrorist. A traitor, a treason. He has to answer for, for what, what he, he has, done. has done.
0: Assange faces up to 175 years in prison for publishing classified documents exposing U.S. war crimes.
5: The U.S. government narrative about Julian is a complete fraud. It is a complete fraud from A to Z. Julian took on the most powerful countries in the world, basically all of them.
0: We now have confirmed that there were plans to kidnap Julian here in the centre of London or even assassinate him. No one
5: who instigated that illegal and immoral war has been brought to justice, but the great
1: truth-teller sits behind bars. If wars
3: can be
2: started by lies, peace can be started by truth. Julian Assange is a hero.
0: What if everything we thought we knew about somebody was a lie? Would we be willing to go on a new journey of understanding? This is a story of deception, lies, bravery, and a man who risked everything to bring the truth to light. Mr.
5: Assange shows all the symptoms that are typical for a person that has been exposed to psychological torture over a prolonged period of time.
3: He looked at me intensely and said, I hate to say this. He then hesitated, visibly troubled and searching for words. And then he finally said, Please, save my life.
4: May future generations have the ability to speak without restraint. Free... May our children and their children know truth and have access to information that leads to justice. Wherever Julian goes, free speech goes with him.
3: If there is a bird that is about to take flight, stretch her wings and rule the skies, may it be a pista and no longer a bald eagle. If
5: you think Assad is a traitor. He's a rapist. He's a narcissist. He's a hacker. I don't blame you because you have been deceived. And if you think you've not been deceived, that's normal because otherwise you wouldn't be deception.
0: Thanks for listening to us. Now we want to listen to you. Our lines are open from the U.S. and Canada. Call one 888 From the UK, call 033-0024-1026. And from Australia and New Zealand, call 1-800-670-310. Free speech is alive and well on today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
1: Uh, it certainly is. We'll be checking the line shortly. Give us a call, 1-800-670-310. That's the Australian one and the other numbers you were just read. So there you go. Um, TNT is a independent global talk station uh, that does what the others only say that they do. TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24 hours, seven days a week. Now, no one in the world pretty much does what we do. We're crisscrossing the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day and night now in two and a half years tnt has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant staff and hosts and it's a critical time so we must continue to call out the misinformation and the propaganda from the mainstream media and their powerful sponsors we're now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to the tnt site to make a small donation if you could do that for tnt while we seek the right investors, to continue the important mission that we have here. The other thing you can do as well is spread the word and get more people to tune in. We would absolutely love that. We must advocate for the truth. And it is like any muscle. If you don't use it sufficiently, it will atrophy. And we need to uh, exercise that mouth of ours and get the word out about TNT. We also need to do that with uh, the new documentary. And of course, we will be talking to Kim Staten a little bit later, and I'm talking about the trust for the Julian uh, Julian Assange and that documentary very much like with The Sound of Freedom. We need to get the word out for that, and we need to do that hugely. Um, I'll talk about the thing in the Ukraine a little bit later because we've got Julie from the Blue Mountains on the line. G'day, Jules. How are you going? Well,
4: hi, Dean. It's um, lovely to hear you on the air, and I'm enjoying your show. But um, I wanted to talk today about... Um, the Parliament and child abuse. And look, it's so hard keeping up with all the different legislation. It's unbelievable the amount of legislation they're bringing in. But what I wanted to speak about um, is about how the independent media like yourselves are really making a difference and people are starting to stand up against uh, the New World Order and their agenda. And I don't know whether you heard, but ABC were engaging drag queens to to, uh, read stories to children in libraries just recently. And it was so that, big pushback
1: that, against that, wasn't it? We we had a good outcome, I do believe.
4: Oh yes, and there was also in Caloundra, it happened. Um, Senator Roberts exposed it uh, a while back that the p- parents protested and they were actually um, they, that, that that stopped that as well. And the other thing is, Faith school program has been abolished in, um, in New South Wales. Did you know that 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 was a, a win? You know that Tony Abbott brought that in. And it was yep. both of them behind it. And the United Nations World Health Organization um, guidelines. This is why we have to pull out of the United Nations and World Health Organization. And the other problem is um, also is, um, I have a problem with what's happening even in, in the Christian schools. The children are being taught Aboriginal uh, propaganda and the fabrication of Aboriginal history instead of their, our own history, our colonial history. And I know there's, I think the Libertarian Party are going to get rid of the acknowledgement of the country and and in New Zealand they're talking about getting rid of the Waitangi Treaty. So there's a pushback with that. And um, also, they're also teaching about climate change in schools as well, the propaganda. So um, as I said, it's really good that people are starting to stand up against it. And because it's really making a difference
1: Yeah, I mean, people are slowly starting to wake up to all this. I mean, we talk about uh, child sexual abuse. In America, they're waking up to it to such a point, I believe it was Idaho that almost overwhelmingly in their version of the lower house passed a law to where you have these pedophiles who have done uh, horrific things that we can't even speak of. for children, I think, under the age of 12, uh, they're looking at introducing the death penalty. I mean, I would love to see that here. A lot of people disagree with me on that particular one, but I think with that type of crime where it is absolutely established these people are guilty. I've got absolutely no problem with that at all.
4: Well, um, there was the United Nations that got rid of capital punishment in our country. And um, at the moment, I don't know whether you're aware, but New South Wales parliament are bringing in the equality bill, the LGBT bill. Yep. Where, um, you know, children can have the medical treatment and, without their parents' consent. And they're going to legalise uh, commercial uh, surrogacy and exploit women. And, uh, I bring down the barriers for prostitution, and I said, "Well, where where is this going to end? Is it going to uh, end with legalising paedophilia? Because the Greens Party in the 1980s in um, Germany, you know, destroyed themselves because that's what they campaigned for. So, as I said, we really people have to start voting, and look, we've got new um, six new parties that people could be voting for, and." to, you know, to stop this agenda and you've got you've got well, the United Party, um, One Nation, Citizens Party, Libertarian Party, GAP and Advanced Australia. Did you know that they're running candidates against the Labor and Greens Party next um, election?
1: Yeah, I, I got wind of that. Uh, and just just quickly, you know, when we do talk about, um, you know, what they're doing with, with the kids these days, what we have to remind ourselves is that all of us who are against all this madness, this... You know, transgender push on young children, you know, the puberty blockers, all of that, the bulk, and I mean the significant bulk, I would say way upwards of probably 85, you know, possibly higher percent of people are absolutely against this. It is only this disproportionately amplified, extreme, crazed minority that are made to look far bigger than they are by the media, that people are are usually hesitant to speak up about this. And I would suggest wherever you know this is happening, you know, bring it up if you're in the line at the post office somehow. Find a way to bring up this nonsense. You will find that once people start openly advocating against it, it will become the norm and people won't then swallow this BS that, uh, that you know, the media would have us think that, you know, it's only a, a small percentage of us who are against it. And that's not the case. Well,
4: the media is part of the, well, it's the main problem because, it's controlled by the same people. And did you know the United Nations is the one really behind it? And they actually changed all their country flags, put all the uh, transvestite flags up, and that was I think capped for um, last week. I think. So we've got to, We have to pull out of the United Nations and um, go go back to our constitution because the United Nations are the trouble with everything. And they were the United Nations Human Rights Commission was the one. That actually bullied our state governments into uh, decriminalising sodomy acts in the 1980s because our state governments didn't want to do it. And they used the International Covenant of Civil uh, Political Rights that these people had the right to do it in private. But And so that's why they then had to turn around the state governments and, and the federal government actually legislated to make, the state government's laws inconsistent inconsistent. That's under Section 109 of the Constitution. And this is what happened. So United Nations has been behind this and it all started. Well, hang
1: on, uh, on, Julie, hold that thought. I've got news headlines to go to. You're getting up a full head of steam there and I don't want to cut you off. So hold yeah. that thought. We'll get you back and we'll let you finish that just on the other side of this new head- headlines. Everyone hang around. We'll be back with Julie here at TNT.
0: Question. What are you guys doing today? The news. TNT Radio News. Sounds good.
3: Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. The fate of WikiLeaks co-founder Julian Assange could be sealed this week with London's High Court to rule within days whether or not he has grounds to appeal his extradition to the United States. U.S. Republicans are pushing to start loaning instead of gifting money to Ukraine. And Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has rejected a two-state solution, vowing to never support the establishment of a permanent Palestinian state.
5: The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes, just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time.
0: Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website.
3: Whoa. Dinner's ready.
0: Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just
3: one more
1: video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. And welcome back to the program. Pretty busy in the online chat and uh, people such as we, we'll just call him WFS. Uh, time we got rid of the parasite class completely. Politics doesn't work For the masses. No, it's certainly not for the masses. It is for their masters. They've been introduced into the equation just to uh, advocate for those who put them there. So they do support those who are responsible for them being there, but it's not us, not the voter. We've been uh, been railroaded into thinking that, gee, this very small group of people who get to advocate for who the party leader is, who gets pre-selection, who's in that party, who's not in that party. So anybody thinking, gee, I'd like to be in the Liberal Party and go back to when they were. Actually, conservative, you will never be offered a seat if you're if you're fair income, if you're honest, if you're real. And it's just, um, I think the whole thing's just gone nuts. I know Julie, who we're about to talk to again just a second, mentioned Tony Abbott, and so many people still saying, "Oh, we miss Tony Abbott. Tony Abbott was so good." Yet those people, uh, most of you on there, would probably like Pauline Hanson or One Nation uh, and their policies far better than anything for which uh, Tony Abbott ever advocated. And don't forget, he was the guy. He was the guy behind the scenes working tirelessly to have Pauline Hanson jailed on those trumped up charges. So there you go. I mean, remember that when you think about or talk about and uh, advocate for Tony Abbott. Julie, uh, please uh, continue.
4: No, I I agree, Dean. And um, these people would be seen as imposters of the Labor and Liberal Party from the Abbott like Menzies and Curtin. Yep. And chiefly, they wouldn't be like when you look back at the legislation and their policies and that. And these people are definitely imposters. They're just international career politicians, Tony Abbott included. And
1: um, hey, hey, Julie, can and, I just say one like, thing very quickly? I remember when they booed Anthony Al- Albanese, and uh, and he said, "Oh no, you know who cares? They've done that to prime ministers, you know, forever." I mean, could you imagine Australia booing one Mr Ben Chifley, for example? Never would have happened.
4: No, they were unbelievable. Well, look at um, the Labor Party in 1911 set up the People's Bank for us. And it was for the welfare of the nation. and And then it was the Liberal Party in 1959 that actually handed it over to the foreign bankers. So... You know, it's just unbelievable. They wouldn't have. The so people really liked them, and they were fair income back then, and they didn't get paid. But, um, these politicians are career politicians. They work for the United Nations, and what and, and they're the only like the ones that I said that worth voting for. And um, yeah, um, what I, the other thing I was going to say about only um, uh, two senators. Uh, you know, we need
1: to pull out of the world soccer organisation. You might know more about it. And let's start we And basically, yeah, Julie, it's really hard. Uh, your phone's breaking up. I would love to continue that call, but it's just we we can't hear a word you're saying. I do apologise, but we'll continue that another time when the phone lines. Uh, a little bit better but you were breaking up I, i couldn't make out a word for the last 30 seconds or so now for those of you who are fans of and i would imagine that is most of you tucker carlson yes he is still in russia or while he was there he did some terrific videos you would be well aware of the incident because we spoke about it with omar khan last friday where he goes to a a supermarket over in russia and we're led to believe that you know they're all living in poverty, that the shelves are empty. How could they How could they go on without the help of the West? And not only is it terrific, not only have they got all the best fresh food and vegetables, um, when they got to the checkout and they estimated it would be $400, it was about $104. It was at almost a third to a quarter of what they expected to pay, what they're used to paying over in America. And Tucker Carlson said, you know, you will be radicalised if you overgo there, and he admitted he was radicalised against his own government after seeing that we we are being bamboozled, we are being rotted and ripped off. All their mates are pulling all the strings, running the show at the highest level at the supermarkets and whatnot, but it got a lot better. Do you remember uh, after after the sanctions were introduced a couple of years ago, there was, you know, you got the Ikea's and the McDonald's and the Starbucks coffees over in uh, Russia, well, they've been taken over. They've simply had name changes, a lot of these businesses. Starbucks is now stars, and uh, McDonald's is this thing with this weird-looking kind of emish logo. And uh, they went to Maccas, and they had a feed. Not only was it cheaper, than he would have paid over in America, the food was as good or better. They had some cake. They loved it. And they had a bit of a joke at Starbucks' expense saying, well, why would we go and compare Starbucks' with the new stars when it was barely worth uh, going to Starbucks in the first place. And I do believe that he suggested the coffee there tasted, I think, was like urine, I, I believe may have been what he was alluding to or said. But uh, yeah, apparently there is a video. They did go because they wanted to do uh, a thing, saying couldn't possibly be any worse than Starbucks. Let's go to the Russian one. But yeah, the Russians are doing really well. And just quickly, there's you know, you go to a subway station. You go to the subway station here. You got people laying down, sleeping, you know, peeing and you know, feces. Literally, you know, the walls are all covered by. You know tags graffiti if you will you then tucker carlson went down to a subterranean train station a subway over in russia and it looked like a world-class art museum i mean i've never seen anything like it those people are doing really really well they've got a government that advocates for their own people we've been taken over by a bunch of treacherous puppets who would literally sell out their own mother for a dollar and certainly won't have any problem selling you out for a a million or so or one of those brown paper bag global jobs that they all get afterwards. It is absolutely horrific what is going on here in the world and I just don't know how much longer we're going to put up with it. I mean, aren't you fed up? You should be fed up. But um, our problem is we've got all these friends, all these people we communicate with who vote for, and let's face it, it would be 80% of them, uh, numbers would suggest or, you know, 75, who still vote Labor, still vote Liberal. And if we're not having that conversation with them and saying to them, hey, look, you know, okay, I, I respect your right to vote for who you like, but let's have a common sense conversation. Let's compare today with 40 years ago, these two parties have been in power here in Australia, and it's the same in the UK, it's the same over in America, wherever you happen to be, um, who have together, I mean, and just say, look at where we were, look at where we are, they've done that together in lockstep and one group, you know, does something a little bit less invasive than the other. And when the the let's say labor introduces some bad policy, <clears throat> you got the liberal here advocating against it. But when they get into power, how much of it do they roll back? What do they change? Literally nothing. We are being sucked in to this puppet show, this charade. And you need to start dropping friends. I mean, I literally think the only way to do it is have people say like, you know, if you're going to keep making decisions that are going to affect me and my offspring. For generations and ruin this country, how can I be friends with someone like you who won't listen to me, who won't go and do their their due diligence and advocate for their own nation? Drop people. When they start feeling like they are the outsiders, when they start uh, being shunned by those around them, I think at that point they may wake up and figure out what's going on here. So, I mean, that's, that's my advice is, you know, just have a conversation with a bunch of friends and... Uh, Yeah, maybe they'll wake up. We'll find out. We're going to go to a break. We'll be back right after this here at TNT.
0: Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective.
5: Yesterday, I was talking about how the phony climate war has indirectly led to the situation we have going on in the Ukraine, where we are putting billions and billions of dollars into supporting the Ukraine, while our energy policies have left it so that the Russians, can actually have enough money in their coffers to fight the war, it's a double whammy. And then there is the border, climate migrants. Cut me a break. You think those climate migrants are yearning for the sub-zero cold that they face when they come here? There's no climate crisis in the area that these migrants are coming from, as the warming that has occurred is mostly in areas far away from this. They're growing more food than ever, but leave it to the phony climate war pushers to use any excuses to push this narrative. It's Cloward Piven with the phony climate war used as an ally. This is TNT climate and weather watch dog meteorologist, Joe Bastardi, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got.
0: (laughs) My baby's back from the West
1: Coast. (laughs) Hear those pictures that you asked for for your school project? First day of school, cute as a button. (laughs) (laughs) So long ago. Oh, here's Grandma Florence. After that flood wiped out the whole neighborhood, mm.
0: sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to
1: leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy.
3: Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe, and is the best way to protect that legacy.
5: Ah, those <laughs> beans smell heavenly.
2: Mm-hmm. Give Mom a little
3: credit. <laughs> you know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. Oh, thank you. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay, smart. I'm coming to share with
0: you guys. Protect your legacy. Plan for natural disasters today. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan. Dean Mackin on today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
1: Welcome back to the program last December. Julian Assange's two-day public hearing was announced for today and tomorrow in the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal or whether he'll be extradited to the United States. Now, TNT is going to be at the Royal Courts of Justice today and tomorrow covering this event, so make sure you stay tuned throughout the day here at TNT. And there could not possibly be a more timely introduction to my next guest, Kim Staten, an absolute legend, and I'll tell you why, not just an Australian filmmaker, poet, singer and songwriter, director, of the brand new documentary, The Trustful, Julian Assange. It is absolutely phenomenal. I watched it. It's in obviously in support of WikiLeaks and Julian Assange. But if you don't understand any of it and you know you know you like Julian Assange, You kind of get that he's done the right thing, but you don't know how much he's gone through. You don't know how much BS has gone on behind the scenes when it comes to those who are advocating for him to be locked up and who have absolutely brought misery to his life because he's just tried to do the right thing. You need to watch this documentary. You need to understand it so you can explain it to other people. And the other thing I really want you to do um, is spread the word. The same way that you did for the Mel Gibson produced Sound of Freedom with Jim Caviezel, you need to do that more so with this particular uh, thing. You can go watch it at event cinema and it's been made by Kim Staten and we've got Kim with us today. Kim, absolute legend. You are a hero and I applaud you. The movie is absolutely wonderful.
3: Thanks very much, Dean. Well, look, I'm not the hero. The hero is Julian Assange. He's the one that inspired all of this, the film and every other kind of activism and art that you see coming out of this because people are just so inspired and passionate about his self-sacrifice, his bravery and his courage.
1: Mate, at what point did you, um, like, you know, along the line, you know, you've obviously become aware of Julian Assange, but, I mean, to be involved at this level, how did you fall into that or did you just feel, I'm guessing you just felt compelled and because you could, you did?
3: Yeah, I've been in the documentary industry for about a decade through Films for Change, which is an educational enterprise. We've been screening other people's documentaries for 10 years and probably showed about 100 documentaries, and that's how I got a bit of an insight into um, the effect of documentaries and how they should be structured to get a result, um, to to move people and to uh, advocate for causes. And um, you know, particularly impact films. We we did a, a long running campaign against single use plastic in Sydney for two years, showing films about plastic uh, to ten thousand people, and we reached millions of people in Sydney with the little trailer of um, you know scenes of. Uh, animals with with plastic in their stomachs and as a result New South Wales finally changed the laws so we saw how a film can you know you know people a small group of people can work together to create a public awareness campaign um, and you know this cause of Assange and WikiLeaks and um, that story was really interesting to me uh, about five years ago I started looking deeper into it and, and um, decided to make a film about it.
1: Mate, um, I started watching the film and I'm listening to the to the narration. I'm going, this is wonderful. And there's one guy, then there's another guy. Then I hear this woman's voice. And I'm like, I know that voice. So there's Susan Sarandon. And I, I thought, wow, isn't she a terrific woman, an absolutely wonderful woman. I've been aware of her for a long time. So few of the Hollywood crowd prepared to take the stance that she has taken. And, mate, and what a major win for that is to have her as part of the documentary.
3: Yeah, well, it's it's testament to the achievements of Julian and WikiLeaks is that there are these well-known musicians and actors and, and you know, not to mention um, leaders of countries in, in many countries. Um, they're in, very much in support of, of his work and his achievements and for his freedom. Um, and then the, the caliber of uh, speakers and thinkers and authors that uh speaking out for julian is also incredibly high so we're we were really sport for choice in regards to the interviewees and then with the narrators we had a wish list of about 25 celebrities that have publicly spoken out for him and it was just a matter of reaching them it wasn't easy but when we did get in contact with them they tended to be very happy to uh, donate their time and and be involved
1: now i've got to ask where are you are you currently in australia are you
3: in the UK? Yeah, we're in London and we're going to the, the rally today. And I'll be on TNT a little bit later this morning from the rally. So we're going to attend that um, and we're here for yeah about a week and um, here to we had our um, UK London premiere. Oh, yes. of The trustful on Sunday afternoon in London, which was um, a full house. There was a queue down the street to get in. So we're kicking off the uh, the UK release on the 15th of March here in the UK.
1: And, of course, this documentary, I would suggest it is part one of a possibly a two-parter because I'd love to think that this thing is going to end imminently. I, sug- I would suggest this story is going to be an ongoing one, and your job to raise the awareness for this particular champion of truth um, has been a, just a wonderful uh, uh, effort. But, again, it's something I would suggest you're probably going to be doing a, a part two of it at some point.
3: Oh, it was hard work enough to do the first one. You want me to make another
1: one? <laughs> mate, well, after watching the first one, I, I would ad- advocate that you that you do. And, of, of course, mate, um, the change that you've made, you know, starting, you know, with the plastic thing, I mean, it must make you feel pretty darn good to know if you've affected real change and, you know, whether it be people or creatures, whatever, moving forward that you've actually made a change in the world and one that was long overdue.
3: Yeah, well I I just feel that um we should all use whatever talents we have. Um I just happen to have a variety of of, of skills with um with you know the film industry and creativity and music and and words and poetry and stuff. So um and, and you know, events and networking and all of that stuff because I've been on entrepreneur for twenty-five years and so you just basically pick up all these skills. And so, uh, you know, with the help of my partner, Natalia, our co-producer, who's, um, you know, was terrific with brainstorming any kind of problems that we have. She has a really level head and she's also very creative. And the two of us just were able to solve any problems that we encountered. Um, But we had a lot of help from other people as well. Notably, uh, Juan Passarelli, the filmmaker, who's basically a walking encyclopedia of WikiLeaks. He's he's a photographer and and has the most footage of WikiLeaks. And you'll see him there today with his camera. And uh, he I I think TNT showing his film, The War on Journalism, this Saturday or it might have been. Yeah, either this Saturday or last Saturday. I didn't get the date, but uh, that's an excellent film on the topic. uh, Revealing the the decline of press freedom um, and how it relates to Julian Assange. So yeah, you know we we're just it was it was very challenging to make this film. I mean, it really stretched my limits, um, and uh, it was just a huge a huge laborious task. I I worked for nearly three years with one week off, um, but to have it out out in cinemas and see the cinemas um, taking it up, um, we've got over a hundred cinemas in Australia, UK, uh, New Zealand, sorry, already showing it. Uh, event cinemas in australia is that's the biggest cinema chain there is going to show it from the 6th of march um and you know to 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 so go to some of the screenings and see full houses and people re- responding and people crying um to this tragic story and the shocking footage uh it's very fulfilling after all that work to to make it happen and not not knowing if we're going to make something that really works and will it have an impact and and to sort of see that it does it is sort of working and having an impact and getting people talking and and feeling like they want to do something then you know that that's very fulfilling
1: I think going back to the London premiere on Sunday, seeing those crowds, as you said, around the corner, all those people uh, emotionally involved in it as well. Uh, Aside from, you know, just the feeling of immense pride that you must have had for what you did, what's the vibe on the street? There are people um, really hopeful. Are they expecting a great outcome today? What's the vibe over in the UK at the moment?
3: Well, the, the, it's very tense. There's a lot of passion. I think we're going to see an unprecedented level of passion on the street today. I think there's going to be thousands of people there. Um, people have just they've just had it up to up to their neck with this this complete garbage and this mistreatment of uh, someone that should be given a Nobel Prize and probably should be the leader of of a country. I mean, he should be Australia's next prime minister. Yeah. It's um, the whole way that he's treated and portrayed is, is a, a false narrative, it's smear and it's defamation and uh, and there's no legal basis for what they are doing to him. Um, and he's ba- literally being tortured um, in solitary confinement for years. This is this is torture. And so this is what gets me is that uh, this is why we, we made the film is because people need to be able to sit down for a couple of hours, wrap their heads around it and fully understand what this is all about and what's going on and what, what they're doing to Julian. Um, it's a slow mo- motion execution behind a prison door is what they're doing. And, and you know, we 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 would like to say to, you know, I'd like to say to the UK government, Australia, America, we know what you're doing and hundreds of people every day are finding out. So, you know, your time is limited. Um, do the right thing. Free, free Assange and... Uh, and then try to make amends for all the dirty deeds you guys have been up to.
1: After having to, and you did have to follow him down this rabbit hole, you know, over the more than a decade of just trauma that he's had to face because of him speaking the truth of advocating, you know, for people knowing what's really going on and how the world really works. It must have been pretty eye-opening for you just to see how the world works, you know, at the political level and just how low these people will go.
3: Yeah, look, I, I came into this. I, I'm not really someone that's into politics. I, I I like music and art and going surfing and, you know, nature. And so, you know, to read politics and to sort of uh, digest all of that was 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 a difficult task for me. Um, but sitting down with people like John Pilger and Daniel Ellsberg and Tariq Ali, Kristen Raffenson, Stella Assange, I learned so much. It was. Um, you know, twenty-five hours of sitting in front of these really articulate, knowledgeable people, and then of course going trawling through many hours of Assange interviews, looking for particular statements that we felt would work in the film. So it was a big learning curve. I learned so much, um, you know, particularly on this issue of, of, about how he's been treated and, and the politics around it, um, and 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 also the the flawed judicial system here in the UK and how how bent it is.
1: Yeah, I, I think people really need to go and see this video just to understand what a true champion fellow he is, things that I was unaware of. I mean, he was given opportunities to throw others under the bus, and he didn't. He's that guy. He's that staunch guy, the guy that stands by and keeps his sources secret. And just advocating for that in himself made me see him already in someone who I already admired immensely, but just took it up another whole nother notch
3: absolutely let let me share a little anecdote which was you know along this journey of making the film i just had all these interesting discoveries and and as you said um, learning so much and so it was about uh, a year and a half into the project one day someone randomly messaged me on facebook and said i've got some photos of julian when he was a boy and when he's uh, eight years old maybe you would like to put them in the film um and they were beautiful photos that Gorgeous photos. And you see them at the beginning, those three photos of him pulling different faces yeah. in front of the camera. Um, anyway, when I was talking to her about it, she said, well, yeah, he, his mother, Christine, would. we worked together on a puppet show that was touring the country. And uh, and so our boys would play together uh, while we were working. Um, so Julian Assange has come over to visit her house. And one day she said to him, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, and uh, his answer was, I'm going to end corruption in the world
1: <laughs> and, at I the age that. of eight. Yeah. Uh,
3: it's, it's unheard of. I mean, have you ever heard a kid say that? And so and, you know, there's other anecdotes of him sticking up for bullies through his school years. So he, he, this is the kind of person that he is. And, you know, one of the things we wanted to do in the film was to humanize Julian, to show what he's like before WikiLeaks, when, when he was a uni student what were people's impressions of him, what kind of person is he and what's his character? Uh, what are his motives, most importantly, his visions and his goals with WikiLeaks? And I think that's one big thing that the, the media has done is portray him as this traitor, as this sort of treacherous villain. Uh, it's not Kim, hard to do, you know, they just- Kim,
1: I, I could talk to you all day, mate. We've got about 10 seconds. Uh, firstly, mate, thank you for what you've done. Uh, I, I can tr-
3: talk until the cows come home and Julian comes home. <laughs>
1: Kim State and everyone, I've got to go. Stay tuned to TNT all day. We're going to follow this thing all the way through. See you tomorrow.